Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to Thee trusting in nothing but the blood of Jesus. We thank You that You have sent Your Son to die for us, deliver us from the wrath to come, place within us Thy Holy Spirit, and work an effectual grace in the heart of Your children. For we verily know that without You and the inworking of Your Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. <clears throat> We're sinners from the beginning. We were born dead in trespasses and in sin. Our parents were sinners. Our grandparents were sinners. And our lineage all the way back to Adam is one of a sinful heritage. We lived in the lust of the flesh in the lust of the eyes, and, then, and in the pride of life, until Your marvelous grace translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Your dear Son by the divine operation of Thy Holy Spirit. You work in us to will and to do of Your good pleasure. And we thank You, our God, for Your great mercy and long-suffering in watching over us and looking over us as we live out our lives upon this earth. We long for the day when we shall be like the Lord Jesus Christ and we shall see Him as He is. We try to think about it, even try to visualize it knowing that we cannot. We know that it will be beyond anything that we have ever experienced in this world. 
As thy word teaches, we shall be satisfied. When we awake in thy likeness, Help us now as we study Your Word and may the, the Scriptures that we look into find lodging in our hearts and souls. May it not just come in word only but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. We may get excited. The preacher may raise his voice. But that is not your power. It might be our own excitement. And it may be the excitement that is generated by the operation of your Holy Spirit in our hearts and souls, but it is no power with any who hear. Only you can bring the Word in power and in demonstration of the Spirit to the heart. So help us, our God, Again, we would be mindful of those for whom we have prayed and others that may come to our mind in sickness and health and in dire straits and great trials and afflictions. Pray that the gospel of the grace of God would be proclaimed throughout the land. Yea, we would even pray to see that the word of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters covers the sea. Nevertheless, thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. We come back to 1 John chapter 5. And we're basically looking at these uh, first three verses, but uh, we're mainly looking at verse three, but I'll read these three verses. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth, or that loveth him that begat, in other words, everyone that loves Christ loveth him also that is begotten of him. I know there's not a comma between begat and loveth, but for many years in reading that until I kindly paused at that place, it, it, it kindly all ran together and didn't, uh, wasn't as clear to me. But this we know. There's another one of those we knows from 1 John. That we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. 
And then, for this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Not only is the love of God loving the children of God, but from this verse, the love of God is loving the commandments of God. In other words, the regenerate child of grace loves the commandments and laws of God. And I assure you that we could stand here not only for the entire morning service, but from the afternoon service as well, showing this throughout the Scriptures. There are many, 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 many passages of Scripture that affirm this. But I'll only give a few from two places in the Old Testament. One is in the book of Psalms, and is the first one is Psalm 40. Psalm 40 and verse 8. Now realize that this is a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it is also the reflection of the psalmist David which is the reflection of, of every child of grace. I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. But if that's not sufficient, let's turn to Psalm 119. And we'll read a few verses from this psalm though I would remind you that this entire book of Psalm, or excuse me, this entire chapter, Psalm 119, is talking about the, love, the Word of God. See, they're talking about the Word of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the justice of the Lord, the light of the Lord, and, and so on in each verse. But we'll take up and we'll read a few verses from this psalm. First of all, verse 70. Showing a contrast of the wicked to the child of grace, their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. I delight in thy law. Verse 77, Let thy tender mercies come unto me, that I may give, uh, that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Verse 97, Oh, how I love thy law, it is my meditation all the day. One thirteen. 
I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. 127. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. 163. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And then 174. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. And like I said, we could show over and over and over and over again the fact that God's children love the law of the Lord. It's not the, it's not the law that bothers me. What bothers me is that I don't keep the law like I desire. Now, obviously, this is a way of life and not an absolute. In other words, it doesn't mean that uh, every moment in every uh, hour of the day that we're always loving the Word of the Lord and so on because there are times when our soul is, ve is vexed against them. Romans chapter 7, verse 14, Paul says, For I know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. And then in verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. In other words, we all, uh, we're still sinners. And there are times when uh, the Word of the Lord and the law of the Lord is not as precious to us as at other times. And, but as a general rule, the overall way of our life is of such that we love the law of the Lord. We want to keep the law of the Lord. We want to follow the law of the Lord. We want to be obedient to the law of the Lord. That is the overall lifestyle of a child of grace. And that's what John tells us. He says, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. And we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And so we see that the, the child of grace has a desire to love and to keep the commandments of the Lord. But not only do God's children love the law of the Lord, they are exhorted to love the law of the Lord. But I want us to look at some passages of Scripture to show that the idea of loving the law of the Lord and loving God
goes hand in hand, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. And you know, a lot of times people will say, well, the, the Old Testament is a, is a book of laws. And God is showing Himself to be harsh and everything. But the New Testament is love. Well, we're going to show that uh, love is in the Old Testament with regard to the law. And I want to, I'm just going to limit this. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm going to look mostly uh, at Deuteronomy. Though we're going to look at some other passages in the Old Testament. But what I want to show is that the law, loving the law and loving God go hand in hand throughout the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 5. And you'll see this also in Exodus chapter 20. But this is when the Lord was giving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. And I want to start I'll start in verse 8. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now notice this. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. The idea of loving God and keeping His commandments go hand in hand. Go hand in hand. The idea that I love God and don't keep His commandments is contrary to Scripture. But look in Deuteronomy chapter 7. In verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them, notice this, that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Loving and keeping the commandments. Deuteronomy 11. Verse 1. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep His charge and His statutes and His judgments and His commandments always. The idea that I love God and I don't keep His commandments or I'm living according to the world is contrary. If you love God, you keep His commandments. Also in chapter 11, look at verse 13. 
And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day to notice, to love the Lord your God and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Verse 22, For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to cleave unto Him. Dropping over to Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 9. If thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them which I command thee this day, to love the Lord thy God, and to walk ever in His ways, then shalt thou add three cities more for thee beside these three. But the thing that I wanted is to show the connection of loving God and keeping His commandments. And lastly, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, you know, Deuteronomy is called the book of the law. Chapter 30, verse 16, In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, and His statutes, and His judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But the thing that I wanted to show is throughout the book of Deuteronomy, love, keep the commandments. Love, keep the commandments. Love, keep the commandments. Looking at a few more, look in Joshua chapter 22. Joshua 22, verse 5. But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all His ways and to keep His commandments and to cleave unto Him and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Drop over to Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Chapter 1 of Nehemiah. In verse 5. And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love Him and observe His commandments. And then lastly, in the book of, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9, verse 4. 
And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments. To say that the Old Testament did not teach love and love to God and love to His commandments, I think these few verses that I've read uh, should put an end to that. Like I said, I guarantee you I could multiply this. That we could spend the whole first hour on that alone. But let's look in the New Testament. In other words, the Old and the New Testament with regard to loving God and keeping the commandments are in harmony with each other. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. In order to get some of the context, start in verse 28. And one of the scribes came, and having heard of them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's quoting from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 5, uh, 6, called the, the Shema. That's the Lord our God. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's called the Shema. But I really like the Hebrew of that. Here, O Israel, Jehovah, our Elohim, Jehovah one is the way that really is in the Old Testament there. You remember Elohim is God in the plural. So it's showing it's an intimation of the Trinity. Jehovah or Elohim, Jehovah one. But anyway, what I wanted is verses thirty and thirty one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment and the second is like namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. But the thing about it is, Jesus is connecting the commandments with love. Thou shalt love. What is the greatest commandment? This is the greatest commandment. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And thou shalt love thy neighbor. In other words, thou shalt love the commandments. Thou shalt love the commandments. John chapter 
13 first. As you know, there are plenty in the book of John. Mainly in chapter 14 and 15, but first of all, we want to look in John 13. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you. Now, notice. We just read several passages in the Old Testament where God said to love and to love the neighbor as well as to love God. What do you mean a new commandment? Not that it is new with respect to the point that it never was before, but I'm giving it to you in a new quality. Not a, it's not a new commandment in that it never was before, but I'm giving it to you in a new way. That's what he's saying. In other words, you're to love like I'm to love. But I, we've covered that before in other sermons, but I just want to read it. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This sounds like what we read in 1 John, verses 1 through 3 of chapter 5. John 14, verse 15. We won't take the time to read all of these verses. If you love me, keep my commandments. If a person loves the Lord, they're to keep His commandments. And then dropping down to verse 21, He that keepeth, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now notice Jesus didn't say that you ought to keep his commandments. That's obvious. But he says, he that has, he that is in possession, not that he ought to learn the commandments or ought to have the commandments, but he that has the commandments, and he that is keeping the commandments, it's the, that's the one that, that loves me. I've said this time and time again. I've said it to taught my own children. I've taught other children. If you're not keeping the commandments of your parents, you don't love them. You may like them. You may have some emotional attachments. But you don't love them. You don't love them. And if we're not keeping the commandments of God, we don't love Him. 
You say, well, you don't know the heart. I don't have to know the heart. I just I have to know God's Word. And here he says, He that has, that hath, T-H, that hath with the T-H on, that's present tense. He that has my commandments, and he that keepeth, that's present tense. He that is keeping, it is he that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. You say, well, maybe he's still one of the Lord's, but he just doesn't love God. Notice verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. He that does not love me is not keeping my sayings. That's what verse 24 is saying. We're not just teaching what 1 John says. We're teaching the Gospel of John. We're teaching the Old Testament. We're teaching the New Testament. That's a far cry from this idea of, well, I'm, I, I, I was baptized, I joined the church years ago, but, uh, and so once saved, always saved, regardless of how I live. No, that's contrary to Scripture. That's contrary to Scripture. I heard recently where a minister made the statement that people could not hear the gospel. They could be a Buddhist. They could be a Muslim. They could be this, that, or the other and still be a child of God. Scripture doesn't teach that. In fact, I'll turn back to John 10 for just a moment. In fact, in John 10... Jesus said, in verses 3, 4, and 5, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. That is, they hear the voice of the shepherd. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Now how, how plainer can you get? Any individual that has lived on a farm knows the full intent of what Jesus is teaching there.
the cows that I grew up with knew my voice. And when I called them, they came. They also knew the voice of my father. When he called them, they came. I've given this, told about this uh, before. We had a neighbor that was in the hospital and some of us neighbors went and milked his cows. They didn't know me when I went there. They were nervous around me. They kicked at me when I tried to milk them. Or when I did milk them. <laughs> Didn't just try. They went to the bathroom a lot. They didn't know me. They didn't know me. They didn't want to obey. They didn't want to follow. They wanted to run from me. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, and they will not follow another. I don't see how anyone with any intelligence above the fourth grade that can read with understanding can say that God has sheep that won't follow Him. John chapter 15, verse 10. If ye keep if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Also in verse twelve, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And of course, we've already looked at 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, and 4, verse 21, as well as 5, verses 2 and 3. I won't reread those for time's sake. But Second John, verses 5 and 6, And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after His commandments, this is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning that ye should walk in it. Now I believe these few passages, and like I said, I guarantee you I can multiply that and multiply them. These few passages plainly teach that God's children not only love God, they love God's children they love the commandments of God. 
Not that they will keep any of them perfectly because they're sinners. We have to battle against sin. But the overall way of life, the overall disposition of a child of grace is that of loving God, loving His Word, and loving His people. And it is a huge commentary on the heart of any individual that has animosity for the Word of God, the children of God, and the kingdom of God, and the house of God. You say, well, you don't know the heart. I don't know. I don't know the heart. But by their fruits you shall know them. You say, well, maybe God will change their hearts later. If He does change their hearts, they'll love God and they'll love His Word. And they'll love the people of God. But not only that, as we see in the next two verses of 1 John 5, because of the faith that is in the child of grace, they will overcome the world. Notice this. Verse 4, For whatsoever, or we might say whosoever, but whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now notice, it didn't say that whatsoever overcometh the world, that whatsoever is born of God should overcome the world. It didn't say that. It didn't say whatsoever is born of God ought to overcome the world. It didn't say whatsoever born of God might overcome the world. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And how is it that one gets faith? It's the gift of God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. If a person is born again by the Spirit of God, he has the fruit of faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now there's much that we could say about this, but it would run into, well, we wouldn't get through with it this morning. We'll 
draw it to a close now and come back and pick this up this afternoon. But I did want to read the passage in connection with the first three verses. But the idea of a person being born of the Spirit of God, having a dead faith, is contrary to Scripture. The faith that is, that is in the child of grace overcomes the world. Again, this is a way of life. This is not an absolute of sinlessness. But it is an absolute of a way of life. And to teach otherwise is to teach contrary to the plain words of God as divinely inspired in His Word. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us. We know the commandment. We have seen what Your Word teaches. And yet we testify and confess that without You, we can do nothing. We need You. We need You every hour. And pray that You would help us and sustain us and strengthen us according to the teaching of Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen.